Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody. We are here. Shoots and Ladders, the 90s, well, the 30 years ago today-ish. Kind of, right? We can still say that. Mm-hmm. I think so. 30 years ago, kind of, sort of-ish, WWF rewatch that you don't know why you're here, but you're just compelled to keep coming. I am Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hey. And we are looking at <clears throat> May 15th and 17th. And the happenings, the comings and goings of the WWF. Jen, are you ready to get this one kicked off? That's funny. You just opened up a can. I was also going to open up a can here. because it's really? that. It, yes, we are recording this on a fired up Sunday afternoon. And we are ready, enjoying a... What, what do you have there? A Diet Arizona green tea, 0% everything. With ginseng. Uh, no, it actually has 10 calories. It ends so up, it's when not, you have the whole thing, yeah, yeah. which makes no goddamn sense. No GD. Well, because it. Well, I listen. I have a look. I have a lacrosse. So I mean, together we're just out here. I know we're really uh, aggressively wild and crazy on this. Uh, aggressively Sunday. being wild and crazy, but we have. Uh, <clears throat> this is what I'm gonna call uh, the beginning of the end, right? Because we're gonna be ending this time warp where Giant Gonzalez exists in our <laughs> life in April, while also watching uh, old school wrestling that happened in the middle of May. Because this will be the last time that we're going to be uh, filming something at the April 6th Tucson Center in Arizona. Oh, this is the last one? As well as then also filming something in the Manhattan Center within two weeks. I mean, it's just Wait, it's the last Manhattan Center? No, I'm saying like... No, it's not. I'm saying like the the May 17th episode is probably either filmed that day or filmed the week before. It was live. That one was live. Okay, so that's live. So then we have behind it this, which is April 6th. So we're still watching shit from right around the fucking WrestleMania. Like it just doesn't end of just... No, it's not going to. Well, it is, because then the next one's going to be May 4th. Right, but then you're going to be complaining about it being May 4th until, like, no, July. Because, no, because we're going to stop with this giant Gonzalez bullshit. So oh, oh, you're just... So is he gone after this? I'm, like, 95% certain, yeah. I mean, that whole storyline and all that idea. Like, you look at the action that you have on the Superstars versus the action you have on the Raw, and it's like you're literally watching two different shows. You are. Like, this Raw is... At the end of this year, I think we need to do... Like, how we do our awards or whatever. We need to put the best episode of Monday Night Raw and the best episode of Superstars. And this, automatically in the running for best episode of Monday Night Raw. It's fair. Yeah, what we'll, we'll do is we'll read... We'll Maybe re- it's one of my favorite ever. We will earmark them, then rewatch them, and then have, like, a, a retrospective rewatch. Just mm. trying to watch and compare them together for an ultimate show. We can do that. Give me sticky notes. Ooh, okay. I'll give you sticky notes. Give me them sticks. That's what she said. Give me the sticks. No, All right. Stick it <clears throat> Jen, <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way, if you Ooh. like what you hear, follow us at BLC underscore pod. Follow us at... Where's that? That's on the Twitter box. Yeah, you need to let people know. Then. Follow us or email us. That's what we're really trying to get is some email responses here. Becky left the chat at gmail.com. Becky left the chat at gmail.com. We really don't care what you email as long as it's not spam. And where are we on the Insta face, Jen? I don't really want any dick pics either. Can we throw that out there? I mean, I think it'd be awkward if people are just like, you know what I'm really going to do is just email dick pics. Like, that's a vibe. Well, you said and you, now didn't you gave care someone an idea. unless it was spam. I know, right? Well, that would be spam. I mean, you're going to, you know. Okay, fair. Local True. singles in your area, uh, spam. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Oh, like, I took off my hoodie and now I'm cold. But then I'm going to put it on. And I'm Where are we warm. on Instagram? Oh, you don't even care. Um, <laughs> shoots, 
two underscores, the letter N, two underscores, letters on Instagram. Cool. Um, as of right now, we're pretty inactive on all the social medias, but that could change well, at any moment. We are <clears throat> barreling towards our King of the Ring, and I think after that, we're going to start to incorporate that into the wonderful, wonderful wor- world of this little podcast network that we are starting on our own. So let's go, Jen. Tell me what the hell was going on. Okay, so I'm just going to hit the highlights here. I'm really going to do a quick do a, a quick, quick run quick through and then we'll and then we'll go in. Uh May 15th episode of Superstars as you've already said it was filmed what April 6th, April 4th. April 6th. Okay. Uh in Tucson? Correct. Okay. So we get a bunch of silly goose matches including Steiner Brothers, Mr. Hughes, um Bob Backlund, Virgil, Shawn Michaels, and it all ends with a King of the Ring qualifying match between Giant Gonzalez and Tatanka. Tatanka wins because Giant Gonzalez decides to choke him out for a very long time. Because that is his finisher. And the ref just, yeah, I guess his his finisher is a disqualifying move, I guess, (laughs) because that's what happens. I, I don't know. Um... We get some of those face-to-face interviews with Jean... Mean Jean. Mean Jean. Um, we get one but with Money, Inc., and then we get one with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Yokozuna. Of course, with Mr. Fuji, of course. And we get some promos by... Okay, well, we get a promo by Hulk Hogan. I believe. Well, I think that's at the Raw. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not at the Raw. Maybe they replay it at the Raw, but it's definitely on the Superstars. Um, we get a raise Ramon, because it's going to be him versus Brett at King of the Ring. We get Alex Luger. We get some Perfect and Doinks. We... Oh, no. Okay, this won't even listen to me. Per- <laughs> Mr. Perfect and Doink are going to have a rematch on Wrestling Challenge. That's what it is. So, yeah, that's really it. It's kind of... Um, Aside from the Giant Gonzalez Tonka match, just a lot of whole, a lot of nothing, and that could be argued as a whole lot of nothing too, in my opinion. Um, I don't disagree. Tease for next week: uh, HBK versus Crush for the King of the Wing, King of the Ring qualifying match. So I think in previous episodes we said that champions don't participate in King of the Ring. We probably said that very confidently, and we were wrong. So were we wrong on that? No, because I don't <clears> think that I, I don't think that either. I think it's gonna go too long or something. But they're pretending that they can. Um, wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> After the results of the Monday Night Raw, do we think that we're wrong? Well, um, I think. Because they, I think they have a match at King of the Ring. That's what I'm saying. They do, but right. he's still he's a champ again by then. I know because that's what I'm saying. Is that like we're not wrong? It's we're like, not wrong. We're not. We're, we're wrong not wrong for, for. I don't think we're wrong. Anyway, um, hi. Hello. I'm all over the place today. Let's stop. Collaborate. Put a pin in here and listen. Seeing as though we're not even in the same month, one is in April and one is okay. in, in May. Can, okay, you need to stop though because that is true, but it's also like. We have to take it for, like, we just have to talk about it for the time it's given to us, right? Okay. Okay. So I was going to be like, let's talk about this. Oh, you want to talk about this before the run-through for Raw? Yeah, because I feel like it's two different things. Sure. 
I feel like the Raw is, and I mean, again, stop me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's a, a wildly entertaining hour of old school nostalgia feels. There's a lot of things that are going on. It's going to be a lot more diving into some of the, the the events and happenings that happen there. And like you said, it's almost like an all-timer. So, I mean, we could lump the two of them together if you want, but I, no, just, I just feel like kind of covering this might be the do way it. to go. So, I want to ask you a question. Like, do we think that in the back of their mind, they had the Hacksaw Jim Duggan as, like, a backdoor to be like, hey, if something doesn't work with Hulk Hogan, we could have the two of them fight for the title? Like, do we think that that was something that they had? Because I just don't understand why we keep pushing this angle of not only we had Hacksaw against Shawn Michaels on in one timeline, but in the other timeline, he's still angry at Yokozuna, who's clearly going to get a title match. I don't know. I'm not... What do you think? I've kind of wondered about that too, but I like it because it's more realistic, right? Because if you have a foe, you're not going to simply forget about that foe. You're not going to just be like, oh, I don't care about our beef anymore because I have a new foe, right? It's more realistic to have multiple foes if you're a person who collects foes. I agree. Right. So I kind of, it doesn't bother me, but I I was kind of wondering too, like, is this... Is there an angle that they're working on here? Maybe they're going to have a match in the future that's going to be a big deal that we don't know about, that I don't remember. I don't know. I feel like it's like a backdoor just in case whatever with Hulk Hogan doesn't work out. But I like, mean, Hulk Hogan has the belt, so it's like that's going to have to get off of him anyway, right? To like He could forfeit it, though. Like, like I feel like we're still in the land of forfeiting. You know what I mean? Like, he could just be, it could forfeit, and then it'd be like Yokozuna versus Hacksaw for the belt. Like, you, I don't know, because it just seems very strange that we keep... Like, we couldn't do a face-to-face. Like, somebody couldn't just, you know, do a face-to-face with Hulk Hogan cutting a promo against well, Yokozuna. Hulk Hogan cuts his promos on the beach, okay? Because that's where it's he's true. filming. Uh, Mr. Fuji mm-hmm. is going to wrap up Jim Duggan in an American flag and drop him into the Pacific Ocean. Wild. <laughs> wild thoughts, wild things, great, wild great. wild stuff. Awesome. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I was going to say, outside of that, like, because, you know, and I know, again, that you're like, hey, we have to take what they give you. I get it. But that's what I'm saying. It's like we're in two parallel universes. So, like, what other matches, things stuck out to you? Like, the Giant Gonzalez angle is so washed at this point. Like, if I'm, if all I'm doing is I'm not up on Monday nights and I'm just watching Saturdays, I think that he is, like, the most important person in the history of the WWF. Because he's out there all the time. And he gets this wild leeway. Like, he's wearing an outfit I believe you said, quote, you were tired of seeing the butt crack. <laughs> Last week I mentioned I was tired of seeing the pubis. Like, I, I was tired yeah. tired of seeing the whole this whole outfit. And he just is causing mayhem and havoc in a way that is nonsensical. Like, mm-hmm. it's like he's a Dr. Seuss character at this point. Because, like, other people are like, here's this, like, set of rules and norms that we've established. And this guy's just going to kind of come in, not really move, not really do anything. Um, in this case, Tatanka beats him up for just a little bit, and then he decides, like, I'm just gonna choke him out. Yeah, he's with my weird hands, like nothing else, like not even like a choke out and like a choke hold. He's just literally choking the man. Mm-hmm. It, it's just silly. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, I, I just I feel like it's like this is a different world. Like, we're not seeing this on Monday Night Raw. People wouldn't stand for this. They'd be like, What, what the do fuck you mean? is this? He was on Monday Night Raw like a couple weeks ago. He was a few weeks ago, but I'm saying like he's, he's clearly not over with anybody. So this is clearly just a way to kind of do it. Like, he has a match for King of the Ring, and he loses because he chokes someone in the middle of the ring. Like, that's how he loses. He doesn't lose because, you know, The Undertaker came out to fight with him, or, you know, he... We haven't seen takes in a while. No, we haven't. He didn't lose... Well, I mean, we just did on Raw, though, because we did see him with the child. (laughs) 
Oh, but we haven't seen him poster. wrestle in a while. No, we haven't seen him wrestle in a while. But I mean, again, he could just be off a little and you know, resting an injury. But just the idea, like you just don't see him doing any sort of moves and any sort of thing, and he just DQs by just being like, "I really don't care about any of this." It's like the worst angle of all angles. That's how I feel. I don't know. How do you feel? I feel like you care way more about this than I do. I just, I'm so uninvested in anything with him. And I have to have him do a stupid move like that because A, he can't wrestle. But B, he's not strong. Eight feet tall. And who could beat him? Like, it's not realistic. He's not strong. I think people could beat him. That's the whole point. It's not like he's lifting people up over his head. I mean, he's probably strong just because he, I get, I hear what you're saying, but. They want you to believe that he's strong, right? Because it's not like he decided to choke Tatanka. That was written. You know what I mean? It's not like right. he, as a person, decided that. So, like, I think to, in order to make you believe he's unbeatable, they have to give him something that's just going to disqualify him, right? Because so then he keeps losing, but with through no fault of his own, like, uh, ability to beat somebody, to physically overtake somebody. Um, I also, my only note was butt crack distracting. So mine that is, is just, how I feel about it. Mine I, is just the, the spray on pubis. I mean, it's just, it's been there and it's just enough. <laughs> uh, they did highlight Tatanka's missing hair because he was, uh, had his hair cut by Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. They did that. I mean, outside of that, just uh, Jobber Central. Yep. It was Jobber Central. Oh, uh, one thing I had in my notes was that all the managers are interested in Mr. Hughes. Everybody. They all are trying to get Mr. Hughes. But I told you, then meanwhile, it's like, well, why is he with, like, Money, Inc., right? Like, wasn't he with Money, Inc. Oh, last week? Because that was just I'm a like, random six-man tag, yeah. It, but it's not, because he is with him, I think. Like, that's the whole oh, point. I don't remember. And then, and then I think Whippleman gets him, because, obviously, Giant Gonzalez is going to be gone soon, and then Whippleman's going to be with Mr. Hughes. Like, it's this <laughs> whole, like, circle where you're like, if you don't know, now you know. Because you're watching it in this way where you're watching it chronologically and you're like, wait a minute, like, you told us this, but this happened a month, this happened now six weeks ago, and then now you're telling us this, right? So you're just cutting and pasting. It it really is jarring because I really, I do have to say, like, what they have on the Raw is fun, you know, I I think. I I remember as a kid, and that's kind of why we started, and what we wanted originally our launch point to be was that you know that's the stuff that we watch because it's just that's what we remembered like that's the show i watched like then when you add in the supplemental superstar stuff you're like man this is tough but it was 10 a.m so i mean it is what it is exactly this is like the show for kids and monday night raw is the show for older kids right (laughs) i mean i think that's true though like this is for kids that are up after their morning cartoons and Monday Night Raw is, okay, it's on at 9 o'clock on Monday, so, like, you're probably, like, 11 or 12. I, I don't know. Um, I guess the only other thing of note is that this is Bonnie Blackstone's first appearance. She has an interview with Lex Luker. Yes. Who I said reminds me, or he has the same, is a similar gimmick at this point of being a bad guy. That is doing that, like, Shawn Michaels, like, just, you know, posing and flexing and winking and nodding at the camera. He's just doing it 13 degrees worse. Yeah, and he's just really, like, has that narcissist, like, he loves himself. Like, mm-hmm. he just doesn't have any interest in anyone else, where Shawn Michaels is more, like... Well, it's flamboyant. But it's, like, yeah. flamboyant in two different ways, right? Like, Shawn Michaels is like, look at me, all the ladies want me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And narcissist is like, look at me, I'm so great. But it's just like, man. No, he's more like, no one... Could be as good as me. ...is as great as me. No one's as beautiful as me. Blah, blah, blah. Not beautiful, but like, built as me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where Shawn Michaels is more like, all the ladies want me. 
um, you know. Now we, I, did, I don't know. I don't know. I, I did enjoy when they had a Virgil match and the entire purpose of the Virgil match this week, that was the match so that we can have Macho Man and Jerry the King Lawler riff against each other about who, about how Jerry the King Lawler is too scared in uh-huh. order to go into the King of the Ring. And that's now been happening weekly here on these superstar segments. Uh, it also happens on Raw a little bit, but again, not the same because there's a, a bit more of, you know, live action that's occurring with Raw per se. Mm-hmm. This is just like, hey, we're going to put this match out because we have this six minutes. So then let's just make this storyline. Uh, and again, it's pretty jarring because you're like, why am I watching Virgil versus a job? Oh, uh, OK, because this is just where they're going to do their segment. Yep, we got to hear this little segment. Because mm-hmm. you really want to hear that uh, Lawler is pissed off because he is the king. You right, need, now someone else that. is going to be the king. You need to know that, right? I do have to say, uh, 30 years later, wild vibes where, you know, in real wrestling now or, or in the current product that they have, they're just like, hey, Roman Reigns has been, uh, you know, champion for a thousand days. So let's just give him uh, one new belt and I'll make one new belt and have that important because we already just created this other belt. That's like, what do we do with Bret Hart? Like, well, we'll make him king of the ring, right? Or we'll have this tournament to make someone king of the ring because Hulk Hogan had to have the belt, right? So Hulk Hogan had to have the belt. Mm -hmm. So now you have all these people that had created this, you know, hierarchy and ladder of matches and feuds and different angles they were working on. And you're like, no, we had to change that at WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan had to come up and in 20 seconds, take it away from Yokozuna, right? So it's like, what do we do for this detour? Well, we'll just create this different event. And then the winner will be the kid, just as prestigious, right? This is like so silly how they do that. Uh, but enjoyable. I, I do enjoy it. You know, even enjoy it now. You see the parallels. It all comes back around. Oh, what do we do? We can't have anyone beat Roman Reigns? We'll just make a new belt. We'll have a, we'll have a tournament and then make a new belt. We'll just crown a new champion. And then that person gets to say, I'm the winner, right? Seth Rollins is like, I'm the winner. And then same thing here. It's like, whoever wins the King of the Ring gets to go, I'm the King of the Ring. Because we know that it doesn't really do anything, right? Like they have the money in the bank stuff now where you at least get to challenge someone, right? Royal Rumble, the winner challenges someone. Like, it's not like they're like, well, the King of the Ring, that means he gets the nice title shot or something. Like, it's not how it works. They're just like, he's the king. So, I don't know how you feel about King of the Ring tournaments. I, oh, I personally, I always love the wrestling tournament. I, I, I think love they're fun. The silliness. I, I think it's fun. I think it's also a cool opportunity to, like, pair people against each other that don't have current feuds. Mm-hmm. So, like, you kind of get a little more variety. You could kind of start some feuds that way. It kind of, like, shakes things up. Um... The same way that Survivor Series can. You know what I mean? Like, or similar. But yeah, I like that. I like how you can like pair people against each other. Face versus face, heel versus mm-hmm. heel, whatever you want. Because everybody's going yeah. for this and brass the, ring. And you also get that opportunity in the qualifying matches. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's kind of... Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Do we want to put a pin in this episode? Do we want to pop this balloon? Balloon has... I already sat on it. Now, let's get into a front runner. For the best Monday Night Raw of the year 1993. Jen? Do you agree with that? Or is that just my feeling? I don't... The thing is, I don't remember how many there are. I know that there's a couple really good ones coming up. Like, I know there's one with, like, Bret Hart and 123Kid where they have, like, an absolute ridiculously good match. I think it's in 93. It might not be. But I know there's a lot of cool stuff happening. I know that there is some... Listen, I do know as it goes along, it does get significantly better. And this is kind of like its real launching point. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not just that, you know, Mr. Bartlett's no longer there. And it's not just that we have 
you know, an, an elite three-man booth. It's also that we are just actually putting legitimate people against each other in legitimate matches that you want to see, right? So it, it's that it's it's both. It, it, right. It's both. It's not just the squash match. And it's the element of actual surprise and that things... Because sometimes, most of the time, wrestling is so predictable. Mm-hmm. And this episode has two, if not three things that you do not see coming that are that are not what you think are going to happen. That really, like, I mean, Vince will tell you anything can happen in the WWF. Well, and this really, you really feel that way. It is exciting. And you're like, holy shit, what just happened? And then it happens again. Although you did say one thing, that wrestling is predictable. I'm going to push back just a little before we get into this episode. And I'm going to reframe that. And I'm just going to say... Although you are accurate, a lot of times it's predictable. And I may say to you when we're watching something, or we're like, oh, I think this is what's going to happen. And you're like, I think that's going to happen. You know, one of us will probably be right. But again, there's only so many permutations you can do of the same thing. I think what it does, and especially this episode does really well, is it reminds you that they have in their back pocket the ability to make you have to stay to the end of the match in order to actually, which can happen at any point, in order to actually know what the fuck is going on and i think that that is really cool because if you you know like they don't take this they they don't throw this pitch a lot but they they hold it they hold that curveball and they wait until you're not expecting it and this is a perfect example where they drop multiple different curveballs and you're Mm -hmm. like what the fuck and then now they can get right back to predictability for the next six to eight weeks if they want but you're still dialed in because you're like i know what happened that one time Exactly. You know, and it's just like, that's the thing where they lull you to sleep. And we've been lulled to sleep, at least on Superstars, lulled to sleep. And the past few weeks of Raw, lulled to sleep. But Jen, take it away. Okay, again, I'm just going to hit the highlights and then we're going to start from the beginning and dive into it. Okay, so it starts with a replay of last week's Shawn Michaels being jumped by Mr. Perfect in the streets of New York City and destroying Fink's car. Starts with that replay. Then Lord Alfred Hayes is in the front of the building saying that he saw a guy wearing a disguise walking around. So he teases that there's somebody... A foot. A foot. Somebody, uh, let's say, sus. A foot. Then we get the debut Raw match of the Smoking Guns. Because they were on Challenge, which we don't watch for this. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, so it's their debut on Monday Night Raw of the Smoking Guns. And... That was cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we get interview, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon, in ring. Where, I'm going to put a pin in talking about how Vince, I'm curious to see how he talks to real people in his life. Because he just starts us off with the victim blame, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll get back into that. But, um, guy comes into the ring during this interview and I don't know about you, but the first time I saw this, I remember thinking it was Mr. Perfect. Guy in disguise, hat on, hood on, big glasses, whole thing. Sean says, get in back in your crowd, go sit in your seat, guy. And he takes off the hat and it's Marty Jannetty. And Marty Jannetty says, hey, so you're you're here. You're saying you're, you're taken to all challengers. I want a chance at the belt. Boom. So that is the guy Lord Alfred Hayes teased us about. Then we get a match. With Razor Ramon and the kid. A jobber named the kid. kid. Yeah, now he's just the kid. 
Today he's the just, kid. Yep. Well, he was what the dynamite. incredible dynamite kid, mm-hmm. incredible kid, cat cannonball kid. Now he's just the kid. Now so he's just the kid. We've seen this jobber before. We've seen that outfit before. We've seen and we mentioned. You know that outfit seems like it's a little bit better than some of the other outfits that I've it seen on the jobbers. L right? kid. L kid. Which I wonder what that means. Maybe they got really... Uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, but Macho Man mentions that, uh, hey, we've seen this kid. This kid keeps coming every week with a different name. Mm-hmm. And we all know what happens with this kid. He pins Razor Ramon. Doesn't he do his finisher off the top rope? Doesn't he do the mm-hmm. he somersault does, splash or whatever it is? Yep, where he does he the does. backflip type guy mm-hmm. off, the top, off the rope and pins him. And wins the match. And the whole place goes so crazy because... It's a jobber. Of course it does. This is a jobber. We've seen this kid as a jobber. And it's Razor Ramon. It's uh-huh. the most one of the most badass guys there. It is so exciting. I I remember this. I remember watching this as a kid. It is still really cool to watch. Um, and you know, t- take it or leave it. If you're here, you know how we feel about um, Scott Hall. You know we feel about all that stuff and like the outside stuff doesn't matter. Like him as a worker. You know, they, they would talk about this story, about how he, like, was all in on this happening. Mm-hmm. Like, all in on putting him over because he understood the business. Like, this created such, and it's going to create such a wonderful summer of just him having someone now to talk about and something to feud with. It's like he just created, it's almost like he created it out of thin air, right? Because he literally is a jobber. It's not like he's going. I think he's, like, 19 or 20. I know. He's really young. Um. And he's just created, like, this perfect angle now. To yeah. be like, here's this bad guy who gets beat by this... Uh, you know, anyone can be a wrestler, right? Look at this kid. This kid doesn't look like them. Anyone can be a wrestler, right? Yeah, no, it's true. He, um, he looks like... He always reminded me of this iteration. Always reminded me of, like, Daniel LaRusso from, like, Karate Kid. Yeah, you were saying. So I was always like, yo, the Karate Kid's here. <laughs> like, you don't even do the karate moves and stuff or whatever. So it, it's... Oh, man. So good. Sean Waltman. Yeah. Welcome. Sure. Welcome to our televisions. Yeah. Um... Good stuff. Okay, so uh, then we get Tatanka versus Scott Taylor, aka Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty. Another another jobber who will turn out to be not a jobber, but yeah. Another another man who will uh, make it big someday. Yep. Yeah. Then we get Kamala versus Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. Big guy match. Um, obviously Yokozuna wins, and then we get the Intercontinental Title match: Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty, where this match is going on. We'll get, like, again, we're going to get more into it when we go back, but towards the end, Mr. Perfect comes out to stop Sean from trying to run away with his belt and distracts him. So Sean's yelling at him from the turnbuckle. Mr. Perfect throws his rag, his little towel, into Sean's face. And then Marty comes from behind and rolls Sean up into a small package and wins and leaves the Intercontinental Champion. Another thing that you don't expect. You... So that's three. That's the arrival of Marty, because I don't think anyone thought he was showing up out of, out of thin air. He hasn't been around since January. Yep. That's the one, two, three kid winning a match against Razor Ramon, this little skinny 19-year-old kid beating Razor Ramon, who mm-hmm. I know is, like, pretty young here, but looks like a 45-year-old dude, mm-hmm. right? That could just kick anyone's ass. And Shawn Michaels dropping his belt to Marty Jannetty, who we didn't even know still existed in this world about 47 minutes ago. So, yeah. Awesome episode. Um, you fell asleep while we were watching it and then wanted to rewatch it. And I was like, I'm going to rewatch it with you because I could re- I could watch this episode once a week. Well, it's in so my good. in my defense, we'd watch half of, uh, you know, 
half of Superstars, and uh, I, I made through a good portion no, of yeah, this. Yeah. And I'm not putting it down. It was nice. Yeah. We watched it. But you enjoyed it that much. I would definitely say, out the gates, if I had to try to remind someone, like, if somebody was just like, hey, they came up to me, and they were like, yeah, I watched wrestling as a kid. Like, why should I listen to your podcast? I would... You know, why should I be watching this? I would push them right to this episode. Mm-hmm. Be like, watch this, and you'll get all the feels. Because if you remember the Rockers, and, you know, that was a little bit before my time. Barbershop Incident, we've talked about it. It was before my time. I've seen it. I didn't see it at the time. Like, I was too way too... Like, my family was not letting me watch that at that point at eight years old, I think. Because that was, what, 91? Or was that 92? Uh, it aired... <laughs> You don't. You make me feel like such a nerd. Okay, it air, it aired in January '92, but it actually happened. Yeah, yeah. I think December second. Yeah, yeah. Something. I'm I know just saying. I'm just yeah. saying that Beginning whole December. that whole portion was just a little. I just missed that. But if you're at all, you know, any of that nostalgia from the late '80s into early '90s, you have a Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty like, and it's a decent enough match. It's a good match. Everybody remembers Razor Ramon. And he was there for, they had a match at the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. which was only a few months back. So even if you weren't there a year before, you did see that match at the Royal Rumble. If so. you grew up in the 90s, you knew of Razor Ramon, right? He's there. Yeah. You knew of Yokozuna, right? He's there. So you see these guys there. You know, an older viewer may, you know, recognize Kamala, right? You got Mr. Uh, Mr. Perfect sighting, right? You got Macho Man on the mic, right? Mm-hmm. You got Bobby the Brain Heenan, if you remember. You got everybody there. And then who's this announcer guy that's in the middle Doing the victim blaming, blaming. Well, that's Vincent K. McMahon, still doing the same stuff. Still, you know, at this point, he's pretending. Because I remember saying to you when we watched this as a joke, I turned to you and said, "Man, like, why does this Vince McMahon guy just keep getting to be the announcer? Right? Like, he's here every week." Because we, I was just half, you know, we we're just joking. Because like, man, you know, because I just, you know, most people probably just remember him being the character, and they don't remember like this. This was, this is like peak. Like he was in his bag. With his commentary, with that in-ring interview, like you know, he loves working with Shawn Michaels. Like you can, you know, the few people that he really loves to work with, and like that's one of them, right? You just I know. Yes, I don't know. I heard, I listened to this podcast um, with Bruce Bruce Pritchard ugh, and somebody else. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly what the podcast was called, but it was like a two-part thing on like Shawn Michaels' career, specifically in these years, in like '93 to '95. Um, and apparently, like a lot of people in the back, including like Bruce Pritchard, were like, "This is this is the ch- this is our next guy. Like he needs to be on a path to become the champion. Like l- like look at him. He clearly mm-hmm. has a lot of charisma and a lot of heat, and he's the next guy." And Vince was like, "I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. I don't want that little shit to be my champion." End of story. So I don't know how much he really liked him. Uh, no, no, not liked him. Liked working, like with working him. with him because right. of the reaction he would get from the crowd. The like, gay chant? Is that Just the whole thing, because people are engaged. You know, the whole point of all of this is, you know, this is this is really for two different audiences. And I think at least recently, you know, a lot of us after the pandemic and stuff, now maybe have circled back and have seen, you know, come back to the product, you know, that they were doing during the pandemic when they were learning how to do it, you know, not in front of a live audience. So to, to even further create that awesome like television experience like there's something about being there live and in that room and chanting and that energy and then there's something else about watching it on tv and this is like he knows that sean connects in both ways right people there don't like him but you're watching at home you're like you know like you just like he connects through the screen when you watch him it's magnetic you know you watch other people like kamala or 
you know, a virgin. I'm just saying. You, cause didn't, it, you didn't feel a connection with Kamala? You just watch it and you're just like, I don't, like, this is like a weird, like, you just feel like that character is a carnival character, like a circus character. Mm-hmm. You know, Giant Gonzalez, like a circus character where it just doesn't work. Someone like The Undertaker, someone like Shawn Michaels, you know, obviously Bret Hart, um, these bigger guys, like, they feel like something different. You know, then there's a bridge guys. Like I always, I always say Hacksaw's a bridge guy. Cause when you go to the show, like people love, I remember being a kid seeing Hacksaw a couple times. Like he just, you're like, Oh, it's Hacksaw. He brings the Hacksaw. He's in a tag team match. Like you don't care. But it's like, you see somebody like Shawn Michaels, like you remember that. You're like, man, that guy puts on a good show. Even with the jobber, when he was wrestling the jobber on, on a superstar, it was the best match. It was the best match. He still made it be a match. And that, yeah. that's what I was saying. I was like, he's still, he's always like being a professional, Ugh. right? So take all the other stuff aside. He's, he's doing a match and his matches are specific. It's like with, with Ric Flair. We had him last year. His matches are specific. He does need to get some beatings. You know, he does need to get beat a little bit. He does need to do all that. And he, he tells a story and it's really fun. And that's what this Raw did. It told like a really cool story with really, you know, to bring back the point with really like, nostalgic beats where you're hitting so many nostalgic beats that you would remember as a kid if you remember like if i had to say what royal rumble to watch i think it's the next royal rumble right or not not the next one it's like two from now the one with diesel no i think it's the next one where because like i remember that one it's as a not, kid. it's 94 yeah yeah and like i remember that one when i was a kid and you're like what the fuck is this like this is this is like what i would think that wrestling is you know what i mean like they're just little things but this is what you think it is right here's the here's the 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 hero you didn't even know you wanted in Marty Jannetty because you're just tired of watching Shawn Michaels just be the you know the mm-hmm. senior senior of arrogance right El Senor arrogant. Um, yeah. Razor loose right. It's just the good guys are coming out on top on this one. Yeah. So, how'd you feel? What were your thoughts? That was my little uh, yeah. soapbox. I. Yeah, this is what I remember. This is what makes me feel nostalgic. Yeah, this is definitely the my favorite episode so far. I can't, I feel like you said, it feels exciting. It feels, and even the matches that like were just squash matches, like smoking guns, like they were good. Yeah. They were entertaining. Like I watch it and I remember as a kid liking them, but like I wasn't into the cowboy thing. So I, I, I I liked watching them, but I wasn't like a fan. You know what I mean? I I got a a hot take for you. But I liked watching them and it was funny watching skinny little Billy Gunn. Because I'm like, man, that guy gets fucking huge. I got got a hot take for you. You know, especially now wrapping back around. Billy Gunn, probably the best tag team partner you could ask for. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because he really is. Yeah, maybe. You know, because I think my favorite tag team, right, is the New Age Outlaws. And you're like, okay, he's there. You watch this and then you do get those 90, like 90 smoking gun feels. And you're like, okay. And you're like, yeah, they put on a good match. You know, Steiner Brothers do great. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love, I love the Steiner Brothers as a kid too. Especially at this time. Like they're my tag team over the smoking guns. But then you think about it and you go, well, then Billy keeps going. You know, I mean, am I a fan of the Chuck and Billy angle? No, like not necessarily, (laughs) but they still do a good match. The thing is he does a good match, you know, and there aren't that many tag teams that do a good match. Yeah. I mean, you know, again. Nostalgia-wise, always love Million Dollar Man and IRS. Because, I mean, what's not to love? But they're just fun because of their But they're per- heels. They're personas. just straight heels. They're right. fun because of their personas right. more than, in, like, yeah. They do a lot of the traditional holds where they're just holding people in the ring and just trying to get heat from the crowd versus actually, like, 
you know, that length. Yeah, I like watching people jump around on it. Like, like when I, he threw, yeah. when Billy threw him and then Bart, like, caught him for that pile driver. I was like, wow, that's Oof. like, whew. I was like, that. that's that's good. That's good, It's you know? good. That pile driver looked pretty sauce. I, uh, I, it, I didn't feel whole, too good. I mean, the guy, uh, purity was all right. So I was like, okay, you know, that, that, looked, that looked fun. You know? They did um shoot their guns off before the match. I Fuck said, "Ooh, yeah. that's something that didn't age well. That could not." Yeah, I don't think you could. Now. Yeah, I don't think you could take guns and shoot into a crowd now. No, no, no. no. I don't, I think, don't that think that that works anymore. But um, yeah, that was fun. And I counted the amount of tags because there was like an obscene amount of tags between the two of them back working. and forth. There were ten. Yeah, at they were working. There were at in least like, ten. In like an eight-minute match. Yeah. Six-minute match. Yeah, it was a really quick match. Um, three minutes forty-two second match. So, it was a tiny little matchlet, if you will. Yeah. What about our promos? Anything good? Outside of the in-ring interview? Um. Didn't Mean Gene do a face-to-face on this one, too, with somebody? He did a King of the Ring report. Um. I don't even... He did a King of the Ring report where Like let me ask you this. I don't even think he really I think he just goes over like what's gonna go on with King of the Ring. Like and it's gonna be Razor Ramon versus Bret Hart. It's gonna be um Lex Luger versus Tatanka. And then there's going to be a qualifying match between Crush and Shawn Michaels on Superstars. To face who? Bam Bam Bigelow, I think. I, th- I think so. Bam Bam. I think so. And then you have the Doink Perfect one, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one more spot. Yeah, maybe. Hacksaw's got that other spot, I think. Maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's Hacksaw Bam Bam. That's what it is. So then it's mm-hmm. probably the whatever went into those matches. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that Sean and Crush have their own match outside of the tournament. From what I remember, I don't, I don't. Like in, you know, weird little, before we get into the Marty Sean thing, but just like in the weird little revisionist history corner, like, do you think that maybe like, like if you were trying to tell a better story, do you think there would have been a better story there if you didn't have Brett win? Seeing as though the SummerSlam, you're going to start moving towards, uh, you know, Maybe Lex Luger. You're trying to push him. Do you think it would have been better if he won? I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. Two seconds. Two just quick thoughts. If he won what? The, the King of the Ring. Who? Lex Luger. Do I think there'd be a better story if Lex Luger won the King of the Ring? Just a thought. Just a thought. You can put a pin in it. You can come back to it. Because I'm just thinking. It's like, well, we have to have Bret Hart win because he needs to win. He needs to win. Right? He needs something. Razor. Oh, Razor's in, too. Um... Or Razor, you know, but but th- but I then again, you're trying to make an angle for SummerSlam, you know. I think that Razor winning could have been cool, but it's hard because I think the fact that Bret Hart won the first ever King of the Ring is really yeah I agree. important and notable, and it really sucks that he lost his title and the way he lost it. Um. You know, I do stand for Sean a lot here, but Brett was the dude, you know, and that kind of sucks. And now Hogan has the title and he's not even there. And so I'm saying it's so silly. So I am happy that he won this. I, I don't know. I kind of wish it 
meant a little something. Like, I get that it's... You get to be the king of the ring now. But, like, I wish that there was something else involved That's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing... They they didn't even make, like, a belt. They're just like, you get to be the king of the ring. And then, I mean, we'll get... Like, it if it later. was, like, you win the King of the Ring, then you get the title shot at SummerSlam. But I guess that would hold up a bunch of other, like, storylines, you know? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. We, so. we'll, we'll come back to this when we do our, you know, King of the Ring blowout. But I just, I mean, I remember the ending of this King of the Ring. Like, I remember all the mm-hmm. nonsense where I'm just like, it's so stupid. Like, it's so insane. The whole, this is a great pay-per-view, wonderful pay-per-view, wonderful thing. But just, like, the whole <laughs> thing, been, I'm just like, this meant nothing. We've been trying to find it on VHS. VHS. Yeah, we, we've, because we've got an old VHS player, and yeah. we're like, why don't we give it a shot on we the come old across format? A VCR, so we're trying to, and uh, I had so many of these tapes, and I got rid of them, like, years ago. Yeah, and you had, like, the homemade tapes, too, so it was, like, I, legit. I can't even think about it. It makes me, makes me so upset. But, um... Peacock exists. We, we could still watch it, yeah. and, uh... Well, so after the Smoking Guns match, we get the interview, right? And Vince McMahon, the first thing he says to Sean is, so what did you say exactly to incite Mr. Perfect Mm -hmm. outside of the Manhattan Center last week? Like, excuse me? You get jumped by a dude and it's because you said something? Like, what? It's just... What were you wearing? That's the question. What were you wearing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does 90s so, male culture... What were you wearing? I mean, oh, you were asking listen, for it. I get he's talking... Sean, what did you say? You were asking I for get, it. I get... Right. And he's talking to the heel, and he's talking to a prick. I get it. But still, like, it's just such a window in to the kind of person that Vince McMahon is, that you would, your mind would even go there to ask that fucking question without thinking that it makes you look like a prick. Jen. Unbelievable. I feel, Unbelievable. I feel like the first question out the gate was a little staged. Like, I think it was kind of because he's such a bad guy. Like, Mr. Perfect clearly wouldn't have beat him up unless he said something mean to him. Mr. Perfect <laughs> is... Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels have, like, the same personality, right? Only they're on opposite Only, sides yeah. of the spectrum. Only one's yeah. good and one's bad. Exactly. I'll agree with that. I mean, it's to, it's to the point where Mr. Perfect walks out and people try to touch him or shake his hand. He shrugs them off like like he's still a heel. Like he hasn't. No. You know, and I love that. That's like yes. my favorite part. But it's, you know, um, yeah. So I just thought I'd bring that up. Maybe it's not a big deal, but I just see that as such a fucking. That is such an like this to that your brain would go to that place means that you are. The worst person to get into an argument with. You were just, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to get in an argument with that man. No, I don't think. <laughs> he could probably I beat think me enough up things now. have been done about yeah. him that we don't need to go there. But okay, so then we get Razor Ramon, 123 Kid. Um, I think we already pretty much talked about. The, the only thing about this, it lasted as long as any other jobber match does. It wasn't like it was a longer match, it's just that it didn't end the way we thought it was going to end, right? And now it's going to set up this entire feud. Yeah. Between our man, Razor Ramon. And he runs and out, right? Because he knows, oh my God, this guy is going to kill me. He mm-hmm. runs into the back. Runs out. And yep. Razor is so pissed and he goes up to the commentators and he's, he's, he wants vengeance, right? Mm-hmm. And Bobby Heenan screaming, he was a fast counter. That was a real fast count. That ref, <laughs> fast count. Bobby Heenan being the hero of any. Macho Man just being all hype. Oh my God, he uh-huh. lost, he lost. You know, and kind of ribbing Razor a little, you know, just like you would expect Macho Man to do. Just everybody playing their parts perfectly. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, Selling the event. You're watching the click just uh, form right in front of your right, eyes. Right, right there. Mm-hmm. There's three or four are, are uh, in in action tonight. Yeah, and two aren't here yet. So, um, okay, Tatanka, Scotty, Two Hottie, Scott Taylor. So, hey, the only thing I want to talk about about this match 
is that during the match, Bobby Heenan goes on a tangent about toilet paper usage statistics. Mm-hmm. Where he talks about whether it's supposed to go over or under. And then he mentions that the amount of the percentage of people that wrap the toilet paper, fold their toilet paper, or crumple their toilet paper. And he's like really going into this. And Macho Man's like, oh, you know, they say everyone has a, you know, an expert on something or whatever he says. It's mm-hmm. just really funny and really ridiculous and completely nonsensical. nonsensical. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. He just said the same word. It's true. My brain's becoming one. Melding. Keep oh, going. Fuck. And then we get the King of the Ring report that we talked about. Um, okay, Kamala Yokozuna. Um, Vince McMahon does not believe that Yokes is only 505 pounds. He also mentions, he takes this opportunity to talk about, they're talking about how big Yokozuna is, to mention that Hulk Hogan has been trying to lean down, he's like leaning out, he's getting, he's getting lean, right? But Mr. Fuji has come over the top. And said that Yokozuna is actually trying to get bigger. Yeah. And this whole thing is clearly because Hulk Hogan is going to show up looking shockingly... Deflated. Deflated. <laughs> very soon. And Vince wants to... Uh, Hedge his bets. Yep. Make sure everybody Warners. knows that that's what he's it tra- is. He's, he's wants training. He's, he's training. He's, yeah. he's doing the Rocky Three, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's co- he's trying to train... He's doing more jogging left... By doing less, a lot of jogging on the beach. Yeah. Yep. Jogging on the beach is what he's doing. He's jogging. No, I think that he just doesn't have access to Ico Pro when he's down in Florida. That is accurate. Yeah, you know, I that think that's is really the problem. That is true. I would Ico Pro headquarters, Connecticut, Stanford. Okay, last match of the night: Sean versus Marty. The match is what ten and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, Bobby Heenan will have you know while this match is going on. Um, Sean doesn't have to beat Marty. Marty needs to beat Sean, which. Any title match, Bobby will have to announce this. Gotta let you know the rules. So you know the stakes. If you just tuned in, you know the stakes. It's the best. Um, I believe it's Macho Man that says, Marty Jannetty on Ico Pro, no doubt. Just to <laughs> let us all know, he's looking Ooh, good, yeah. he's looking lean, and he's on that Ico Pro. Oh, yeah. Um, and like I said, Sean tried to leave. To keep his belt, he's listening to Bobby. He said, you know what, you're right, I don't have to win. I gotta keep my belt. Um, gets caught by Mr. Perfect, who, again, wearing just a wonderful windbreaker. Why are you looking at the ground? I'm literally looking at the action figures. I'm not okay. looking at... An imaginary spider? Okay, great. Um, no, there's no imaginary spider. I'm looking at the action <laughs> figures, and I'm thinking to myself about these other people, and I'm thinking to myself about action figures, and then you're just out here. Okay, so then Mr. Perfect stands outside thinking the ring. Thinking about spiders. I, I usually am. Mr. Perfect standing outside the ring during the match, looking like a Sopranos character, um, just watching everything going on. He throws his towel at Sean. Sean gets rolled up in a in a... Tiny package. Small, small package. One. People call it small. I almost called it a little ball. I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't think of small package. Um, and An loses. And Marty wins. And this is a good match. This is a lot of back and forth, a lot of near falls, a lot of pinning each other back. And, I mean, these two, I, I don't, I want to watch how often 
we talk about Sean Michael. Like, I don't want it to be like a Stan, a Sean Stan podcast by any stretch of the imagination. But these two put on a fucking amazing match. Almost every time. They're really fast. They just know how to work with each other. And it's really entertaining. Jen, there's a tier. And we, could, we can go through the tier. And we could do it for different reasons. But here's your tier. Here's your top five. Here's your top five for the next... Until Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up. Here's your top five. Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart. One and two. That's it. Now, if you want to move them, you can at any given point, right? Depending on the angle. But Bret Hart knows how to do a technically sound match. And Shawn Michaels knows how to make a brilliant looking match. He can match him for technicality purposes, but Shawn Michaels has the personality. And Shawn Michaels, because for he's got, everybody. He's got the moves. For everybody. Really he moves. reminds them of someone in their life that they're like... I just wanted to punch that guy in the face. That's <laughs> And that's the true, true meaning of a great heel. Right. That's what you're trying to come across. You want people to connect with the character. And that's what he does. You have Sean. You have Brett. You have Diesel. And you have Razor Ramon. Because both of them are really big fucking dudes. So the things that they do to the other littler dudes is different, right? I mean, why is the ladder match so great? Because there's just even the height disparity. And the fact that Razor Ramon's chasing up, running up and down on that ladder, I mean, it's amazing. And then, of course, number five, you have The Undertaker. Yeah, I was going to say you forgot Because you can put him with any of these people. I didn't. He's top five. You know, if you want to say that for this four-year run, The Undertaker, it's like he does put out some really awesome matches. He does have some really cool matches. I won't disagree. But the other thing about The Undertaker is he also ends up getting in angles with, like, Yokozuna putting him in a casket where 35 people put The Undertaker in a casket. Like, he gets to be a lot. He's in his own universe. But at any point, you can insert him. I mean, him versus Shawn Michaels and Hell in a Cell is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, period. Mm-hmm. Like, the Mick Foley match, I love Mick Foley. But, like, that is it's just tough to watch. Like, it is a level of sadism to want to yeah, be yeah. involved in watching that. Yeah, it's too much. The Shawn Michaels thing, you're like, oh, man. You know, and, and I mean, that's The Undertaker. And again, that ladder match, that first ladder match, that's Shawn Michaels. That's Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker match. That's Shawn Michaels and Iron Man match. I mean, there's a consistent run-through of who keeps to be at the top. So when you're talking about, I don't want to be a Shawn stand, it's kind of hard not to, to watch it yeah. at this point. It's hard, though. It's hard, because I have to catch, you know, I have to catch myself. <laughs> I did yeah. love him very much as a kid. And so then I'm, you were surprised to... to see how wonderful it all turned out, where you're like, wait a minute, you uh-huh. also do these other matches, right? DX? Because you never saw any of that until the pandemic. No. So you're like, wait, you were you were doing that next? You were eating bananas in the rain? <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, that is this. That's this podcast. That's this podcast. That's this episode. Um, I am going to say. Do it. Say it. My winner of the week, Marty Gietti. So I've been really struggling with this, right? Okay. Because the first instinct I have is to say Marty Gennetti. Mm-hmm. A, he's back. B, he's got a belt. I mean, the guy keeps getting fired, rehired, and now he's got a belt on him, right? Um, he's in the best match of the of the week. But when you think about early Monday Night Raw, Mm -hmm. and when you think about Monday Night Raw 1993 and the Manhattan Center, what is the thing you really think of? It is the one, two, three kid pinning Razor Ramon. It's the thing that sticks out. So I, although I want to give it to Marty, Marty, I really do. I want to give this to you. 
I got to give it to a one, two, three kid. I got to give it to Sean Wallen. It's house divided. I'm going to give it to Marty because I'm going to tell you that as I was rewatching it, I forgot that he won. And that's why I'm going to give it to Marty. Oh, you did? I forgot that he won. Yeah. Because, again, when you're doing it week to week and you add those little wrinkles, like, no, nah, I remember the pay-per-views. Like, if you show me the pay-per-view match, like, this guy beat this guy. Like, this guy beat this guy. Because I remember that. But I don't remember all the data. So, like, when these belts change hands in a fashion like this, like, nah, I didn't. I did not remember that. So, I was like, oh, shit, cool. Like, I didn't know. But yeah. it's fair. House divided. And because he won... Diesel will be coming into the mix soon. I know that. So that I know. Yeah, it's all. That it's, I, that I remember yeah. that now. Mm-hmm. My loser of the week. I actually forgot he won today. I'll say this, and that's it. I know he was going to win at some point. I did not realize it was this episode. So I was like, "Oh, awesome! This is fun." Anyway, anywho. My loser of the week. Yeah. Razor Ramon. Because I feel like the air of invincibility is gone when you lose to the one, two, three kid. As a kid. And again, it goes back to what you're saying. Because, like, Shawn Michaels losing. Like, uh, okay. Like, I'm going to give it to Shawn. That's fair. That's, that's, I was, I was going to be like, we're going to go back and forth. Because, yeah. like, like, I saw this match as a bigger L for Razor. You saw this match as a win for the underdog and then vice versa. That's how I saw it. I didn't right. see it as Razor is now. Uh, now he's now he's weak. Now he's not. It's a sports It's thing. more like this fucking dude. Like, the, anyone can do anything. And that's amazing. To me, it... And I think he knew that people would feel that way, which is mm-hmm. why he was totally cool with putting these people over. Because I don't think they were friends yet. I think it was like he's this new kid. You but know? but the thing about you and I, and which is great, and which is why we work so well on the a podcast when we when we do this, is like I look at this sometimes from a sport angle, and you look at it from a, you know, a casual soap opera angle, where you're like, how did this? How does it? How does it make me feel in the story? You know, and you saw in the story the underdog winning. Like I saw the the the, the team that's not supposed to lose lost. And so, you know, and, and like you look at our culture now, like what do we do on a Monday morning after, you know, a big football game? What do we do after the Super Bowl? We talk about the team, you know, sometimes we're talking about the team that lost and how they shouldn't have lost. Versus talking about the team that won. You should always be talking about the person that won. So yeah, like I saw this as doing. a loss by race. Right, but I'm saying it's just that we have that different perspective. Which makes it really work. Because like I'm sports. an optimist and you're yeah. a pessimist. Well, um, I, like I said, I look at it more like sports and I'm like, he should not have lost. Like, that was terrible. And you look at it from the, from the soporatic, you know, soporatic, if that's a word. Soporatic, I think it was right. That, like, the stage play. You're like, yeah, the little guy won. Yeah. I'm like, how the big guy exciting. lose? And so, again, and I don't think it took anything it. away from Razor. I no. think it actually makes I, it. I do. But that's, that's a story, I'm sure. If you're following along, you see the next thumbnail on Peacock, and you see Razor with a handful of cash. It's a story that will continue. So it's so good for the rest of for the rest of the um, summer, and it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm saying Sean lost because it's fair. He fucking lost his belt to his old tag team partner, aka Buddy, mm-hmm. his his enemy now, his foe. Mm-hmm. The, and also, this guy now has handful of foes he's got marty as a foe he's got mr perfect as a foe crush is coming at him he's a he's a potential foe he's got hacksaw jim duggan foeing out like doesn't seem to have a lot of friends right now got lots of foes and he lost his belt presto changeo as he would say it's razor the best dressed i also think is razor ramon in his in one of the promos that he's cutting the all black black, just like like he looks like 
Oh my god. I He's, agree. It's ridiculous. The he all just, black is cool look on him, and he doesn't really do that a lot. No. Like, so so yeah. the all black. And the worst dress of the week can only go. Do we do worst dress? We do sometimes, and I just feel like I need to just put this out now in perpetuity. Boots. Wrangler jeans. I was just going to say, is it a gun? Mustaches. <laughs> yes. And mullets. That combination. Uh, my alts father while makes being them shirtless. and my uncle sells yeah. them. <laughs> that combination um, really, really stretches the, I don't want people to know that I'm watching this uh, version of everything. You know, some, sometimes when you see the men in the, uh, or, or, you know, the, the, the men, the, the, sometimes when the wrestlers are just wearing, you know, just wearing the, uh, the, uh, the trunks, as they say, it could be a little tough where you're like, okay, but like these guys wearing these fucking jeans. I prefer it over just the, the little undie trunks. I, sometimes I'd rather have a little undie trunks, to be honest, than just these jeans. These jeans are fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You know it's ridiculous. It's absurd. So, I'm gonna give them the worst. I don't dress. know how they in perpetuity until someone else joins. <laughs> Although the thing is, Adam Bomb's coming. He's dressed pretty well, but I know Duke the Dumpster Drossy will be coming in the future. I mean, again, he's dressed for work, so I guess that's okay too. Oh my God! All those. Oh, so many new occupations. But to end it, as we like to do. Well, what's the match and the promo of the week? We didn't even do that. The promo of the week is clearly the in-ring interview with Vince where we set up the match of the week, which is clearly Marty and Sean. It right? wasn't I mean, Hulk Hogan? No. Okay. No, no, yeah, no, I agree. No, no. I, I'll agree. The if only you can consider that a promo, then I agree. The only thing I'll say to you about the Hulk Hogan thing is what I said to you where I'm like, man, he really just gives them off-the-wall shit. Every time he does do promos, they're fucking off-the-wall. The they're thing fucking is, wild. When he goes into the ring, especially at this stage of his career... Very stiff, not a lot going. Versus these other guys that are doing so much more, so it's 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 harder. But I love he's to hulkate uh, cool. over here. We all know that, but I will give him his promos. Insane. Are crazy, insane. and I I do enjoy them. Batshit insane. Immensely. Batshit insane. Yeah. This thing was batshit insane. It was fucking crazy. I can, it's like we can't even explain it because it's just you have to watch it because you actually your jaw hit the ground and you pushed it back it. up and then you rewound it i'm like did you you did rewind that right you're like yes i'm like okay because like i wanted to make sure that we rewatch that because what the fuck was that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just gonna go with uh what did we learn match of the week oh what did we learn i thought we were gonna do the match of the week God, again the match we've talked about it how many more times are we gonna talk about the marty Janetti Shawn michaels match it's the match of the week okay well we never officially we never officially announced it as the winner. You are acting fresh right now. You know, with your Sean standing, take it easy. So, having said all of that, what did we learn about the three players of the Montreal Screwjob? Vince. Oh, I've learned nothing about Bret, Bret Hart. I've learned he's nothing He's fallen about into Hart. a void. Okay, except he's, he's floating one. around in a black hole right now. I learned nothing I about Vince McMahon, honestly, because he's just in there doing the thing. I, we still don't know he's the owner. And in Shawn Michaels' case, what I've learned is that he... When the going gets tough, he'll leave the ring. That's what, I, that's what I've seen. <laughs> so I'm just not understanding how, you know, like I, like I feel like maybe he wasn't in on it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe he was getting worked by he Vincent has... Brett. I don't know. He's admitted. Oh, you mean in on the work? I'm like he's admitted. Yeah, that maybe he was there's in on maybe it. it's like, double layers of works. Maybe it's like a like a um, it's like it's like maybe they worked him. 
that's it's like inception they like um, planted this in him to do that to do because it's just like man I, I don't know why why wouldn't he just leave I don't know, man. Just Vince coming up with the idea. Now, I get that he was acting, but to come up with the words to say, what did you do to incite that? You have to be some kind of real manipulative asshole to even think that that's how you talk to a person. I picture him saying that to all his fucking people in his life. Anywho, this has been Shoots and Ladders. Thank you for listening. Guys, that is the Shoots and Ladders podcast. <laughs> My I'm name sorry. is Pat. I'm losing my mind because my leg fell asleep. I don't know if you noticed. I keep doing weird things. My name is Pat. Joined, as always, by my <laughs> lovely co-host, Jen. We had a great time this episode. We love everybody uh, that listens, and we love everybody that uh, made these... Filled with love. ...beautiful gems for us to uh, look at 30 years later. And again, you know, I think we were talking about it before, and it's on tonight. There's Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, it's not just us. Ooh, which one's on tonight? I don't know. We're going to check it out, but it's not Maybe just it's us. Maybe it's the Marty Jannetty one. That would be apropos. We'd have to, we have to drop it at the same time. But it's not just us. Everybody enjoys it. So listen, and we will be back next week with more. Bye. Bye.